0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. And Ike, week 15 of the NFL season is here. There are only four games left in the regular season. If you want to place a bet on the NFL action, betonline.ag is the place to do it.
2: I bet you that the Pittsburgh Steelers We'll win the next four games, but I'm going to go to betonline.ag to do that.
1: Ike, it sounds like you need to make that into a parlay. Betonline.ag is exactly the place to do that. Head to the new and updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's bleav A V five zero to receive your bonus. Betonline where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe It Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen. Joined, as always, by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, four games left in the regular season down to the final quarter. Steelers, Titans, week 15 is already here We've got a lot to discuss on today's episode of the Believe It Steelers podcast. How are you doing this morning, my man?
2: I'm good, Mark. How are you doing, man? Always a pleasure to see you. I mean, four weeks left, um, that goes by very fast, but I'm so glad they did put that extra game in. So that's a 17 game, 17 week season for the NFL. As you like to say, like a 17 piece. <laughs> You've been hanging around your boy too much, dog. <laughs>
1: On today's show, we will discuss our Week 15 picks. We're going to talk a little bit about the free agent quarterback class. But we're going to start, before getting into Titans and Steelers, about Mike Tomlin's comments addressing the antics of Chase Claypool. And Ike, this is why Mike Tomlin is the best of the best. His answer that he gave, and you knew he was going to be asked about this, Chase Claypool with his time-wasting celebration on the Steelers. Final drive in week 14 against the Vikings. He's been the most penalized receiver in the NFL. But I thought Mike Tomlin's response, and it was a very thorough one, was spot on. I've got the full quote if you want me to read pieces of it or any of it, Mike. But it was just a tremendous response in addressing something you knew that he would be asked about.
2: Yeah, so that will kind of make, not kind of, that's what made Coach T special. You know, Coach T ain't looking at it just from the football aspect. Um, he's looking at the project and the project of of having young men and trying to make them men and understanding that every man that walks into the Pittsburgh Temple facility ain't gonna get it as fast as others. You know, it's just like having kids. So Coach T look at it, even though they're men, they're kids or they're kids to him. You know, they're 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 his sons for him. So he looks at uh, he looks at what he can help them with on the field, let alone better yet off the field. That's how Coach T look at it. So his perspective is totally different. His perspective is totally different. Um, his perspective is a perspective I don't know if a lot of coaches really care about. You know, but when you got a coach like Coach T and he cares on on grooming you, making you the man that he thinks you can be off and on the field, some some just going to take longer than others. And at this point in time, Chase is taking a little bit longer, and he don't get it right now than a, than a Deontay Johnson. At the same time, so as as or or Juju. So as you can see, man, um, Coach T mentality is 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 a lot different than I think a lot of other coaches mentality, especially how he broke it down. You know, Coach T understand, man. Um, I rather deal with this kid, especially in this environment, in this situation, especially for this organization. Then put him out on the streets because a lot of y'all felt like he made a bonehead play. Well, look at yourself in the mirror. You know, I'm, I'm sure at at this point in time. At this age, when you was 21 to 22 years old, you was making bonehead decisions as well. So that's how Coach T kind of look at everything else. So um, glass half empty. Coach T, for the most part, man, he always put things into a different kind of perspective. And like you say, when he wrote and when he made that statement, it was so thorough. I had people call me and talking about Coach T needs to write a book or they wait for him to retire so he can get on TV because they just like the way he present things. Um, Coach T will forever have a job, and I truly believe that. But um, that's just Coach T thinking, man. Coach T thinks of himself more than just a coach. And when you have that coach kind of concept, because I am a coach, you're more than just a coach. You're a dad, you're a grandfather, you're a friend, you're a counselor. You're a little bit of everything when you're a coach, especially when players trust, trust and really believe in you, and they can tell you anything. So that's Coach T, man. Coach T's just got to figure it out, and he figured it out. Early, that's why his response was the way he responded
1: yeah let me read part of this quote just so our viewers and listeners can understand what we're talking about like and and this is a direct quote now it says we don't wait for stuff like that to happen to address it that's built in our two minute teachings at team development and obviously he had a misstep in that area he had missteps in other areas he's a young guy who's growing and developing and a lot of ways that can't happen fast enough for him And it can't happen fast enough for us. We're going to continue to push that growth and development as long as he's a willing participant. He has been. And so we're going to just keep moving forward. And I I also want to say this too. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a better football team with Chase Claypool on the field. That is evident last season, scoring 11 touchdowns, tying a franchise rookie record. He also made four catches for 69 yards on the Steelers' final failed desperation drive against the Vikings. And he also drew that key pass interference penalty on the Steelers' final drive. He had eight catches for 93 yards against the Vikings. Yes, I'm disappointed in the penalty. Yes, I'm disappointed that he nearly fumbled. Yes, I'm disappointed in the celebration. But Chase Claypool in the production, you're going to get out of him if he does get mentally right is better than any the, anyone who could back him up. That's no knock on, say, a Ray-Ray McLeod or a Cody White. But the fact of the matter is, is other than Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool is the next best Steelers receiver. They need him on the field. They can't turn to Juju Smith-Schuster because he's out for the rest of the season. Another target, Eric mm-hmm. Ebron, is also out with a season-ending injury. So you need all the help that you can get. You've got to get Chase Claypool right mentally, Because everything from the neck down, Ike, he's among the the most talented receivers in the league. It's just what's going on between his ears.
2: Yeah, he got to do that ASAP. And he got to understand. I I get what Coach T is saying, but the NFL stands for not for long. So either Coach T is going to be like, man, you can't keep costing my team these games. You can't keep costing my team certain situations. So Chase got to get ASAP. Um, I just seen too many come across that Steelers, uh, that Steelers facility. You know what I'm saying? At, at the wide receiver position. I just seen too many. That's If, if it's one position that the Steelers draft well, <laughs> it's the wide receiver position. Yes, sir. But what Chase got to understand is he can't be replaced, you know, next year, point blank period. So they need you ASAP. And when it comes down to, what he can do on the field, his physicality and what he brings to the table. That's why Seven said, man, he respects and he thinks the sky's the limit, or there's no limit for Chase Claypool. Cause Seven seen the same thing I'm saying. He didn't see every receiver come across. He didn't seen the Hines the Plexical Birds, the Antoine Randalls, the, the Santonio Holmes, the Mike Wallace, the uh the AB Browns, the, the the Emmanuel Sanders, the Juju Smith schuster the Deontes. He didn't seen it all. The Martavis Browns, he didn't seen it all. He didn't seem it at all. So for him to say, man, this dude can be one of the greatest Steelers receivers, he just got to come on board ASAP. Seven really means that because Seven throw to these guys. He trusts in these guys. He believes in these guys. But Chase got to get it because even though
1: the NFL stands for the National Football League, it can also stand for not for long. I'm with you, Ike. What did you make of Devin Bush's comments as well this week? And I want to say this. I had a different reaction upon reading them and then actually watching the interview. But what did you make of his commentary to the media about his play this week, Ike? On the way, what was his comment? Well, he was saying, and I'm paraphrasing here along the lines of no one on the Steelers defense has played up to the standard this year, which I think is pretty spot on. Again, I'm paraphrasing here. But, I mean, to say that no one's played at a high level, I think you can look at, say, Cam Hayward Hayward and a T.J. Watt. But collectively, as a defensive unit, it is of my opinion that Devin Bush is an easy target. He is coming off that ACL injury. I think it really takes two seasons to get right. And he's an easy target considering he was the 10th overall pick in the draft several years back. So, to me, it's not just, okay, and this isn't to absolve Devin Bush's play. It's not. But to pin all of the defensive struggles and specifically stopping the run, to pin that all on his shoulders, I think is completely unfair. But that that there were a lot of fans that I know were disappointed in comments he made to the media and they feel like he's making excuses when it's really just evident of the entire front seven as a defensive unit, partially due to injuries as well, that just hasn't been up to snuff in recent weeks.
2: No, I just I just I'm looking at what he said now. I know I'm the same player, the stat sheet. May not reflect that, but nobody was the tell us is playing to their full potential. Um, I disagree with that. I think Cam Hayward always plays to his full full potential, and the reason why, when you go to Pro Football Focus, and they say who has the highest grades every damn week, is Cam. Is Cam Hayward? When when you when you look at T J. Watt, even though T J. Watt has been hurt in missed training camp, because you can technically call that a holdout, a soft holdout. Um, but when he steps on the field, he's still leading the league in 10 and a half games with 16 sacks, um, for his fumbles and tackles for losses. So yeah, Devin, I get that you're hurt. I understand. I once I once did play. So I know not this year, but next year you're gonna be the guy that we was looking at two years ago. That's what I do understand, coming from a player's standpoint. But nah, this year you can tell you can tell you just getting back. You warming up. You're not what you was last year. You still have to lose some weight. You ain't playing at the potential that you played with last year. That's just what it is, Devin. I'm not trying to knock you. I'm just saying next year I think you're gonna be like how you was your first year, but your second year you're not because you just coming off that injury. But yeah, two guys on that, two got two guys on that defense between Cam Hayward and TJ Watt, they all they always you have you can't you don't have to question if they're playing or not playing to their full potential playing to your full potential. You can't question Cam Hayward chasing down to Justin Herbert 40 yards down the field. You can't question TJ White leading the league with 16 sacks in 10 and a half games. You can't question that. That's effort. I don't care about the athletic ability. And them two guys, we would never say them two guys between Cam and TJ are super athletic. But that's one thing we can't question. We can't question their effort. So they always give an effort every, every time, every play, they
1: step on that field. See, to me, this commentary would have meant a little bit more had it come from a Cam Hayward or a T.J. Watt, and he makes these comments, and that's why it gets criticized. And I would encourage any of our listeners and viewers to do this as well. Go and watch these full interviews. Don't just take one snippet of one sentence or two or three sentences of what something says. Understand the question that they're asked by media members as well. We ask for people to be, whether it's transparency, genuine, honest, And it's funny, Ike, a lot of times when public figures give that and then they give that to media members and that's distributed out to the masses, then players then get criticized. You wonder why you get some of the same canned responses all the time of, hey, I'm just trying to work to get better. Hey, I'm trying to just do what I can to help the team. A lot of times they do that because it's to to avoid storylines like this, the moment an athlete, a coach, a public figure is truthful and is transparent, then they get, it's like you're, you're doomed either way. You either give a very just canned response or you're honest and you get criticized for it. So you have to kind of pick between the two poisons. Yeah, well,
2: guys got to start understanding who doing interviews, man. Um, producers, yeah. um, owners, uh, tabloids. All they're looking for is a punchline. That's all they need. It's just like rapping. When you're rapping and you like a song, a song that you might like either has a good beat or it has a catchy hook. You know what I'm saying? Same way when you same way when you give interviews, they just looking for that hook. They looking for that beat so they can put out tomorrow. That's all. That's all it is. So I just advise you know, the young guys when they are doing interviews, um, if you want to talk, talk, but try not give a if you want to if you don't want to get criticized, try not give a producer a tabloid a punchline, and think of a punchline. As a hook, as you're in rapping, or a beat that you like, that's very catchy.
1: Wise words, Ike Taylor. Titans and Steelers in Week 15, Ike. Steelers are going to be at home. And the Titans are favored by two and a half. Derrick Henry is going to be out. A.J. Brown, we're not sure on. And going into this game, Steelers really, really need it, Ike. And you are the proponent that they're going to win their final four games. I will say this. The Steelers are like that movie villain that just won't die. And it was big Ben in the Steelers that very nearly came back down 29-0 against the Vikings. I hope we can see that from the start in quarter number one, Ike. That's one of the keys that I have in the week 15 game between Tennessee and Pittsburgh.
2: I'm gonna go ahead and go to all this on this talk. <clears throat> Ain't no more slow starts for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ain't no more slow starts. For the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got to come off that bus. <laughs> you got to come off that bus with no brakes. Green light. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what the Pittsburgh Steelers going to do. That's what I think is going to happen on um, my thing from here on out. And I said I was reminiscing about that 2005 season with Jerome Bettis, and we had to win a certain amount of games to even try to get in. And I'm looking at it the same way with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's just my intuition. So, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're going to start off fast. They're going to do what they need to do against the Tennessee Titans. Then they're going to win the second game. After the second game, they're going to win the third game. After the third game, man, teams going to hope and pray that the Pittsburgh Steelers don't get in the playoffs because that's what—that's one thing you don't want to see right now. A, a hot team, a cold-weather team, a team with a veteran quarterback that knows how to win in the playoffs. So I just can't wait, man. I just, I just got a gut feeling, Mark that the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to take care of business against the Tennessee Titans and head their way to the playoffs because they're going to win four straight.
1: We are recording this on Wednesday. It'll be due out on Friday. Psychic Ike Taylor. No, check that. Clairvoyant Ike Taylor. We need to get you like a hat, like maybe like a sorcerer's ball, a magic eight ball or something, Ike, because you have a way of seeing these things and calling things well before that they happen. Now, You mentioned this on our last podcast, Mike Tomlin staring this square in the face in year 15. Could this be his first sub-500 team of his career? Let me just put it this way, Ike. You can't lose to Tennessee if you want to make the playoffs because things don't get any easier. Day after Christmas, you got to go into Arrowhead and play the Kansas City Chiefs, who are among the hottest teams in the NFL. Then you've got two division games between both the Ravens and the Browns to close out the season. So full uh, it doesn't get any easier than it does here in week 15 against Tennessee. Again, Titans are going to be without Derrick Henry. We'll see about AJ Brown.
2: Yeah, that's full playoff teams you just mentioned. So the Pittsburgh Steelers feel like they need to be in the playoffs. They got to, they got to beat full playoff teams. That's just, that's just what it is. This this is, this is the this is the meat on the bone for the Pittsburgh Steelers these last four games. Now Pittsburgh talk about closing fast and closing hard and closing and going to you know December and January football, you know, when they feed on the ground running. This now is the time. You know, you just mentioned between Tennessee, Casey, um the Browns and who else you mentioned one more the Ravens. The Ravens. That's right as of now, that's four playoff teams. As the playoffs was was to start. These four teams you just mentioned will be in the playoffs. So the Pittsburgh Steelers feel like they are a playoff team. This is exactly what they need to do. They need to win these last four games, which I think they will.
1: I'm with you, Ike. Uh, we'll go to the next segment, and this is kind of inspired on who the Steelers are playing. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill of the Titans was a great acquisition, taking over a few years ago for Marcus Mariota. He hasn't really looked back. Now, Ike, we've talked about how we hope that the Steelers can get creative with their cap flexibility and possibly making a trade for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, maybe Jimmy G in San Francisco with the emergence of Trey Lance. The Steelers would also have the 15th overall pick if the season ended today ahead of week 15. But I'm looking at this free agent quarterback class, Ike, and I'm going to read you some names. Let me go through the list of names, and then I want you to be able to tell me, whether it's for the Steelers or another team, who the Ryan Tannehill is of the 2022 free agent quarterback class. So here's who we got. Ben Roethlisberger, who's probably going to retire after the season, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco, Mitch Trubisky. Who you got Ike Taylor of among those players who could be like Ryan Tannehill and re reestablish his career with the quarterback, with the team that he goes to in the 2022 season?
2: Teddy Bridgewater. I think okay. Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, and the reason why I say Teddy Bridgewater, when you just look at all the teams Teddy has been on, they say that his teammates love him. His coaches love him, um, and when you just look at what he did before he got seriously injured with the Minnesota Vikings, they was in the playoffs, you know. So for me, you give you give exactly what he had for the Vikings. He had a good defense. He had a running game. He had two receivers. He just wound up getting injured. He was on his way. So he was doing the same thing Kirk Cousins, Kirk, Kirk Cousins was doing for Minnesota. Teddy was doing the same thing, exactly, probably a little bit better. So. If you put him if you if you would have put Teddy on Tennessee, he would have been doing the same thing Ryan Tannehill. You put Teddy with the New England Patriots with that good defense in that running game, he can do the same thing Mac and Cheese is doing right now. So that's you you put Teddy, you put Teddy with the Cleveland Browns, he'll be doing the same thing probably a little bit better than Baker Mayfield. That's just Teddy. Left. But Teddy, he would he could and would take advantage of his surroundings. So yeah, I think Teddy's a is is He's right in between a truck and a trailer. He's the hitch, you know what I'm saying. So if he, as sometimes, if he needs to be a truck, that won't be too many games. But I think he could um, a trailer. Meaning, man, everything is going perfectly fine. But I think, you know, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he's that hitch between the two. And I think he's one of the only ones that is that hitch between the two. But before he got injured, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, he was doing. Everything you wanted him to do in Minnesota. He was Kirk Cousins before Kirk Cousins was in Minnesota. So I think if you put Teddy Bridgewater on that Cleveland Browns the team, Cleveland Browns got action. You know, that's just my personal opinion.
1: I like the car analogies. I the hitch, kind of that tweener where, like you always say, truck, trailer, truck can well, carry a team. A trailer needs everything around around the quarterback to be able to succeed. See, I put Teddy Bridgewater in my notes, but for the sake of he would be on his fifth team if he goes elsewhere this offseason. So what happened in Minnesota, largely due to injuries, he played well for the Saints under Sean Payton and company. It, well, one. Yeah, and, but then the Panthers, it didn't work out. And I think we're seeing that with Sam Darnold. But I seriously question other than Christian McCaffrey, Christian who also hasn't stayed healthy, what kind of talent you have in Carolina. And then the Denver Broncos, <laughs> like it's like, I- I'll him in, in th- with this in Denver. Denver's still in the playoff hunt, and he beat out Drew Locke for the starting spot as well. But at, at 15 in what's still a pretty young career, Ike, I- whether this is a fair label or not, the perception of Bridgewater, in my opinion, would be journeyman. Again, I'm not sure that that's clear, but if I were Teddy Bridgewater's agent, I would say, go to a team that has a lot of weapons that you can rely upon so you can continue to be that hitch, as you like to say, Ike. So you can't go to a team that might pay you top dollar that has no talent around you. You you maybe take a little bit less money, but you have some talent around you to to give yourself a chance to succeed.
2: So that's my whole point. Like, he did well in Minnesota when he had all the pieces around him. He did well with the Saints when he had all the pieces around him. Now I'm starting to question Coach Matt Rue, if Coach Matt Rule, because it only takes four weeks. So it'll take four weeks for this defense and for these NFL coaches to understand exactly what you're doing. Once they get that man, you're going to be out the door as a head coach. So he gets to, he gets to the Carolina Panthers, man. It's like, okay, if Christian McCaffrey isn't healthy, who the hell am I going to throw to? Who the hell am I going to hand the ball off to? You know what I'm saying? I used to have a good defense. I had a, I had a good defense in New Orleans. I had a good defense in Minnesota. Now i got to score all these points. That's something I'm, I'm not used to. I'm used to controlling the clock, not turning the ball over, and hopefully, you know, the game is 7-3 or 10-7, then I can score on this last drive. Now you see me all the way to Denver. Does Denver have talent? Hell yeah, I think Denver has talent. And I really do think Denver might keep Teddy Bridgewater because they see what he can do. So it's just getting the pieces to the puzzle on the defensive side and probably getting the extra running back. But for the most part, man, that is that is Teddy Bridgewater. But you got to understand, that there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league. You know, a lot of quarterbacks aren't top five quarterbacks. A lot of quarterbacks are tier three quarterbacks. A lot of quarterbacks are tier three quarterbacks, but for some reason, people just want to put them on a pedestal for a tier two or tier one quarterback. It's hard. Your tier one quarterbacks are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Your tier two quarterbacks can win you a lot of games right now, but at the same time, they still have some growth or development. Or that's just what they is, which is a Ryan Tannehill. That's just what he is. Your tier three quarterbacks or your young quarterbacks or your journeyman quarterbacks, but I don't I, I look I understand what you're saying, Teddy Bridgewater is a journeyman, but at the same time, when you did give him pieces, that's why I think right now, if they don't want to sign Baker Mayfield and you do put Teddy with the Cleveland Browns, I think that would be a perfect fit. Just look at Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was on his way out of the league, but he just needed to have that fit. Who is that perfect fit? It wasn't even the defense on the Tennessee Titans it was King Henry. So now I can just throw the ball between 25 and 31 times a game, be very efficient. And quietly, the last three years, man, I've been good. I've been good with my percentages. I've been good for my touchdown and interception ratios. Now y'all start to talk about me. But the only reason it's like that is because of King Henry in that running game. Now the Tennessee Titans are slowly but surely getting their defense together to help uh, Ryan Tannehill out even better. But at the same time, man, that's why I think Ryan Tannehill is Teddy Bridgewater. So if you put Teddy Bridgewater in a situation like Ryan Tannehill, I think quietly over the next four or five years, he'll be a very valuable quarterback.
1: Perhaps certainly, uh, or perhaps undervalued. And you mentioned the talent of the Broncos with Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler and Cortland Sutton. Got a nice running back in the backfield and Javante Williams, the rookie as well ike two other names i want to keep an eye on i want to see if marcus mariota can reemerge. he's sat behind Derek carr with the raiders and then people might think that i'm crazy but mitch trubisky and we're seeing the bears unravel this year with matt nagy and company in chicago given the right situation and ike that i think is the key to this discussion it's not so much the individual quarterback himself but what kind of nucleus what kind of coaching staff what kind of talent can you surround the quarterback with? Because I just look at the individual names on this list, Ike, and I'm not going to say it's overwhelming or underwhelming. I'm just going to say that it's whelming.
2: Yeah. I mean, Mr. Trubisky, he, for me, for me, he's Andy Dalton. That's how I look at Mr. Trubisky. He's just an Andy Dalton kind of guy. And um, he has a lot of talent. Did, did have one good year at North Carolina, but at the same time, I just never thought Mitchell was, you know, um, that guy. And and it's not his fault that he got drafted high Mm -hmm. in a draft. So you can't blame the player for getting drafted that high and doing good in college for a season or two and people taking chances. Like, you can't fault the player for that. Fault the goddamn GM and owner for making them kind of decisions (laughs) and thinking this guy is the guy, you know? So – at the same time, the Mitchell Trubisky, uh, that's that's tough. That's tough, Mark, because I, really, I never really saw him like that, even when he was at North Carolina.
1: He's got a little bit of wiggle to him, though. But again, I, I looked at this list, and there's not a name that, that pops off the page to me. I, it, it's very overwhelming. I mean, but again, me I go back to what you were saying. I think fit's going to be a lot more important than the individual talent of any of these quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, for me, the Tanner Hill in 2022 free agency class is Terry one.
1: Okay, Ike, we're going to take a quick break to tell our viewers and listeners about Lightbox, Lightbox Diamonds. And it's the time of the year. It's the holiday season. You might be thinking about popping the question of that special someone, Ike. We're like 10 days away from Christmas, too. Right. And it's the time of the year. Or maybe you just want to get someone something special, some nice jewelry during Christmas season, lightboxjewelry.com lets people do that all over the world
2: hey check this out lightbox jewelry um make sure because since we never have a dull moment and everything is sharp around here and we have sharp minds and we're always just thinking make sure anytime you want some bling bling or some light or something too light of your day or your life make sure you go
1: to lightboxjury.com because it's never a dull moment baby I love this, Ike. Again, lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. Again, lightboxjewelry.com. And Ike, you already stole the line. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. I love that. I, I swear, each week we do that ad read, it's like a crescendo where it's like, how can I top that ad read from the week before? It's incredible. I don't know how you do that.
2: I don't know either. I just do it, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pro Bowl fan voting ends this week, Ike, and it will be over by the time this show comes out. It's open through December the 16th, and I had three Steelers that, in my opinion, deserve to make the team. I've got T.J. Watt, I've got Cam Hayward, and I've got Deontay Johnson making it. I've got maybe for Chris Boswell, but if you do look at the head-to-head stats against Justin Tucker – Tuckers are a little bit better. Tucker does deserve it more, at least entering week 15. I've got those three players. Maybe Najee Harris as an alternate, Ike, but TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Deontay Johnson were the only three Steelers that, in my opinion, were deserving to make the 2022 Pro Bowl. What say you, Ike Taylor? Am I missing anyone here?
2: No, nah, you hit a dead on the spot on the money. No no three wins right there. Deontay... Um, you saw what he did last year, leading the league in drops. To so this year, really making plays, big plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Small guy making big plays in Deontay Johnson. I mean, Cam Haywood and T.J. White, that's, when coach say the standard, the standard, that's the standard. When you when you when you say what you want your Pittsburgh Steelers uh, guy to look like, you just popping them two, or you just say them two names and tell people go watch you two. That's what it is. So you hit it, you hit a dead spot on. Uh, what well, Bozzy? I think the, re- the reason why Bozzy might come up short, because you said it, he didn't finish strong like how he started. You know, he had a few uh, ups and downs the last couple of weeks. I think because Tucker started off good, then he had a few ups and downs towards the middle. Now he's starting to finish off strong. So that's just what it is. And you know, between record wise, what rec- record wise, the 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 Baltimore Ravens have a better record. We six six and one. I think the Baltimore's going eight and five. Uh, eight, is it eight and five? I think they're eight and five right now. So and a lot of that have to do with, you know, Tucker kicking a lot of field goals and putting them boys in position because the offense haven't been doing too well. The Baltimore Ravens offense haven't been doing too well. So right now, Tucker has been the offense. So yeah, I agree with you 100 percent Those three guys between Dante Johnson, Cam Haywood, and TJ Watt. Them for me, my mind, they wins. The Ravens
1: are eight and five, Ike just to confirm and both Tucker and Boswell have missed two field goal attempts each this season, but Tucker's 28 of 30, Boswell's 24 of 26. Boswell's also missed two extra points this year, whereas Tucker hasn't missed one. Now you might say, Mark, you're being a yinzer Deontay Johnson. Does he deserve it? Third most receiving yards in the AFC behind Tyree Hill and Jamar chase. We don't need to talk about TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. This is already a TJ Watt and Cam Hayward fan appreciation show. If you don't know what they bring to the table, pop on the tape, watch YouTube, or if you really just want a quick snapshot, look at a stat sheet and look what TJ Watt's done in his limited blank time this year, and he still leads the league in several categories, including sacks. Yeah. I, let, let's. They don't ahead, know what, if they don't know what
2: TJ Watt and Cam Hayward bring to the table. And speaking of the table, they bring a Thanksgiving every goddamn week to the table. That's exactly because they stay on the field. Now, all these other guys, they might bring a drive through <laughs> to the table. <laughs> Something you probably don't want. Something that might catch your eye every little moon. But, yeah, the, let's not ever question what Cam and TJ bring it to the table. They bring it Thanksgiving.
1: Yes, all the turkey, all the fixings, mashed potatoes, and that sweet, sweet pumpkin pie with some whipped cream on top, Ike. Take a nice little turkey-induced nap, food coma, in there. So, I saw I saw you do that too. Oh, it's it's a yearly Bergen family tradition that I take a nap every year, and I've no, got I, like my designated spot too. This is a yearly tradition. I
2: saw you catch the at my house after you got done eating, Lex food.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey. <laughs> Listen, we, we had a full day. We had a workout in the morning. We had the cigar bar. We had a full day. So, yeah, hey, we had, i gotta got to get my rest. full Club. <laughs> <laughs> like, we got to get to the Week 15 matchups. Raiders at Browns. We've got some Saturday games for the first time this season, which I'm very excited about. But this game's off the board right now, considering all of the COVID tests that the Browns have had. Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski have tested positive. So with Baker Mayfield, unless he has two negative tests between now and Saturday, he's out versus the Raiders. Again, by the time this show comes out, we might have a better understanding whether he'll play case Keenum would back up Baker Mayfield, but you've got several other Cleveland Browns that are also out. It's not just Mayfield, Troy Hill, Drew Forbes, Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry, Tack McKinley, Wyatt Teller, J. Drake Wills. Three out of the five starting offensive linemen aren't going to play in this one, Ike. And so that's why this game is off the board. I don't know what the NFL can do, but it's just a really, really unfortunate break for Cleveland. Oh,
2: man. Cleveland always got something going on, man. oh, <laughs> uh, 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 I mean, I, I remember playing them back in the day, they had to shut Cleveland down because they hot tub got infested. Like this, it, the Cleveland for some reason, man, they always got something going on in Cleveland, man. I mean, from staff infections all the way down to the positives before the game. Like that's that's just Cleveland, you know. It, it, it doesn't surprise me, man. Like. <laughs> Back in the day, with the stuff that was going on in Cleveland, they would have shut Cleveland down and moved to a whole city. They moved, probably would have moved to Torledo back in the day when it was going on in Cleveland when I was playing. So, yeah, man, that's typical
1: Cleveland. Hey, can you tell us the story about the hot tub?
2: No, nah, it was just a lot of – at one point in time in Cleveland, man, a lot of guys were catching staph infections. Okay. You know what I'm saying? There? That's okay. that's not good. You know, that staph infection can turn into mercy. And that mercy can turn the man go see Jesus. And that's that's what you that's what you don't want. Like you gotta take them staff infections pretty serious. But it was just like every other week somebody would had a staff infection coming from Cleveland. And you know, word travels, you know, and that's just what it was. So I mean, it's just just, just typical Cleveland, man. There's always something, always something going on in Cleveland, Mark.
1: Yeah, you mentioned staff infections. I remember when I played in high school. I can't remember if this was my junior or senior year. We had to like take all of our equipment home and clean out our lockers so they could wipe yeah. everything down, and then yeah. uh, take like disinfectant, uh, disinfectant, and you know either spray or shoulder pads or uh, wipe it down with wipes and everything to make sure everything was clean. Because yeah. uh, any, anyone who doesn't know about, and I'm not a doctor or a medical expert, but you can Google it. So I, I was just curious if there's anything more. To the hot tub story no nah, so. that's, that's
2: what it was man it was just it was, like bro before you get in the hot tub bro go take a shower bro <laughs> like golly man don't jump in the hot tub straight out straight after practice but y'all boys ain't got no hygiene huh get your ass <laughs> wash what you need to wash if you got a wound or something tape it up wrap it up then come hop in the hot tub Well, man, just don't hop in the hot tub right after practice. You know,
1: you know how we smell after practice. We don't smell good after practice. Man, get your butt in the shower. See, if I was a running back, this would be my strategy. Though I would want to smell as bad as possible to try to, you know, keep people away from me, keep opposing defenders away from me.
2: Nah, because if 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 that's your strategy, I'm trying. I'm trying to run into you as hard as I can to make sure I can clarify that smell because I'm trying to smell just like you did.
1: All right, Ike, we'll see what happens between Browns and Raiders. But again, this game's off the board in all seriousness. Mm-hmm. If this happens in the playoffs, the league's got a major problem. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm dead serious about that. If this happens in the playoffs and you've got a key star player or a key contributor to a team and they say, nope, you can't play because of our protocol, I am telling you right now I, the league has a – the league needs to get out in front of this issue versus if this happens and you have a star quarterback or a star running back or a key lineman. You know, I don't need to go through every position group, but you get the idea. If the, okay, this happens now in week 15 in a game where both the Raiders and Browns desperately need if they want to make the postseason. But if this happens come playoff time, once all the playoff matchups are set. You could t- be talking about a huge fiasco. I, I'm, I'm predicting this now. As we're recording this December the 15th. If we're talking about a similar topic a month from now, once we're into the postseason, you'll you'll say you heard it here first on the Believe in Steelers podcast.
2: I tell you this, Mark. The the this this billionaires boys club. They're not gonna let nothing mess with their money. Their TV money, their ad money. They ain't gonna let nothing mess with that. So yeah, something possibly could happen, but we won't know. And they'll figure it out, and they'll come up with a new rule. That's just what it is. When you're talking about billionaires and them boys, the Billionaires Boys Club, that's what we call them as players because this is something they do on the side. They don't make their money (laughs) off of this. So when they want to come up with new rules, they're coming up with new rules, especially if it's a high-profile game and a high-profile quarterback versus another high-profile quarterback, and they know them TV ratings going to go sky high if them two are playing Mark my word, Mark. They will come up with a new rule.
1: I'm with you, I, And but then you you go back to, you're talking about a Browns team. Some of it's COVID related. Some some of it's injury related. Without their top four tight ends, without their top two receivers and Landry and OBJ, without Kareem Hunt, and then three of the five starting offensive linemen and Jadric Wills, Wyatt Teller, and Jack Conklin. So I, I'm just saying, that's fine if you change the rules. But you're going to be looking back at this Week 15 game, and if Cleveland loses it, I, I'm just telling you, we're going to look back at this. I, I'm just saying, given all, all the Browns players that are out, Ike, I'll take the Raiders. We'll see what happens on Saturday, though.
2: Yeah, if all them players out, uh, if all them players out, man, I'm still going with the Browns. I I, I think the Browns' defense is just playing way better. The, just Damian Clown is playing good. I think He's starting to warm up. People are not talking about Damian Cloud. You know what I'm saying? So and he's on the other side of Miles Gary. So I'm still gonna rock with the Browns, even if they have all these uh COVID list injuries, so to say.
1: I'm excited to see what Case Keenum can do too, because Baker Mayfield has not played well this year. A lot of it's due to injuries. The Case Keenum game, mark it down. I Patriots at Colts, and I found this to be amazing. This will be the first Patriots Colts game played without either Tom Brady or Peyton hey, man. Manning. Since week fourteen of nineteen ninety seven, the two starters all the way back in that game, Drew Bledsoe and Jim Harbaugh. So a new era between these two teams.
2: It doesn't mean we getting old, bro. Nineteen ninety seven, I was seventeen years old. I was I, that was my junior. I was heading to my senior high school, and we talking about Jim and uh, you know, Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, that 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 sounds about right, cause. Drew got a whole thing going on. He got a whole winery in California, making number money. And you know, Jim, he he coaching. He ain't doing number making number money as well. <laughs> and we talk about twenty years later. So, yeah, this should be a good matchup, man. A nice little old school matchup, or uh, traditionally wise. But at the same time, um, I'm, I'm gonna rock with the Patriots, man. I got a strong feeling about the Patriots. I know they keep talking about this young kid Mac. That he's just he's just working, but they're not asking Mac to do much at all. If you look on the defensive side of what they're doing, they taking the ball away. They playing very stout. If you just look at their running game and look at their personnel, when you want to talk about just offense alignment, you know, Coach Check, he can go with like seven, to eight offense alignment and say like, man, I just want to control the clock and play smash mouth football. That's what he just wants to do because he still wants to groom mac and cheese, and mac and cheese ain't turning the ball over. So. so that's just what it is, man. Them boys got a nice little team. I'm not looking at. I'm not looking at Mac and Cheese just by saying he's a rookie. I'm going to exclude him from the rookie part because I know his coach is a genius. And he has the personnel to run and do whatever he wants to do because he's the week-to-week kind of guy when it comes down to game game time decisions and doing what he needs to do and game planning. So I, I'm not going to take nothing away from Mac and Cheese and Coach Belichick. They got everything they need to win a Super Bowl to win a Super Bowl. That's what they have. Everything to win a Super Bowl.
1: Patriots have won seven consecutive games, Ike. And over the past seven games, the Patriots have only allowed 36 points. That's just more than seven points per game. Now, this game comes down to whether the Patriots can stop the Colts running game, led by Jonathan Taylor and up front Quinton Nelson. The NFL's leading rusher, he has 1,348 yards and 16 touchdowns. The next closest rusher, Joe Mixon of the Bengals, who has just over 1,000 yards, Ike. So I look at this and I look at the stats and I see that the Colts rank first in the NFL in rushing average, second in rushing yards per game, and third in scoring. That, to me, is going to be the key in this one. And one other thing, too, Patriots and Damian Harris, who's been very good this season, he's got a hamstring injury. His status is uncertain. So, because of this, I'm going to take the Colts to end the Patriots' winning streak. This is the Saturday night game at Lucas Oil Stadium. Give me the Colts at home in this matchup between the two AFC teams.
2: Not even. You, you know. You know. You know what Belichick's going to do? Hey, Carson Wentz, go win the game for the Colts. <laughs> We're going to take the box. We, we stacked in the box, and Jonathan Taylor will not beat us. That's what he will. Jonathan Taylor will have 50 yards. Mark my word. Maybe, all, all right, 61 yards. Jonathan Taylor will have 61 yards rushing. That's a guarantee. He'll have 61 yards rushing. Carson Wentz going to have to win the ball game to beat the New England Patriots, and I don't think he can do it, Mark.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to look up really quickly if I I can see what the prop bet is from betonline.ag for Taylor's rushing total. So IT is on this right now. Um, I'm going to see if I can pull that information up. But you've got fewer than 60 yards look, see what that number is, go to betonline.ag and place your wager because you heard it here from Ike Taylor first. So I, I, I'm i with you, Ike, in terms of the genius of Belichick and how he's able to devise a defensive game plan.
2: Yeah, that, see, what you got to understand about Belichick, he's not looking at Jonathan Taylor. He's looking at the scheme of the, the blocking scheme of the Indiana Colts and how he's getting his yards. He's going to take that away and say, Carson Wentz, if you can beat me, you can win this ball game passing. But y'all are definitely not going to win this ball game worst of ball.
1: I, I cannot find that number off the top of my head, but go to betonline.ag. I'm sure that they have it, Ike. We'll go to the next game, and that's going to be between the Bengals and the Broncos. Broncos favored by one and a half. It's kind of a loser-leaves town matchup, Ike, because both teams have a seven and six record. And again, I go back to... Who's able to control the line of scrimmage? Who's able to run the ball? Who's able to stop the run? Bengals' run defense has not allowed a team to run for more than 100 yards in their last four games. They've got their work cut out from them trying to stop Javante Williams in this Broncos running game. That's the key in this one. Oh. Dang, that's tough. Um, I know it's like really- a coin flip in this game, Mike. So heads, you got yeah. one team, tails, you got another one. It's really a coin flip. They've playing inspired
2: ball because of Damaris. Um, a big RIP to Demaris Thomas, great kid, great young man. Um, so they've been they they've been playing inspired. Oh, they played inspired last week. Um, but the Bengals, they got Joe Burrow, man. They they got the, We talked. We tweeted this at that Squaggle drill. So I'm, I'm gonna go with the
1: Bengals. I'm gonna go with the Bengals on this one, bro. I was going to pick the Bengals too, because I, and I hate doing this, but the quarterback matchup, you know, Burrow versus Teddy Bridgewater, I'll take Burrow in that one. So again, again, I think it's going to come down to the running game. So we'll see how all that shakes out Packers at Ravens. Now this game is on the board right now. The Packers are favored by five. What I'm looking at is this, how much does the line change depending on Lamar Jackson's availability? John Harbaugh has said that he plans on playing with Lamar Jackson and that he'll go if Jackson can't go with that ankle injury, it'll be Tyler Huntley who would make his second career start, who has looked good for the Ravens. But again, this line will move drastically in Green Bay's favor if we find out that Lamar is unable to go and unable to suit up. Ravens are first in the AFC North Division. Packers are first in the NFC North Division. This is one of the best matchups of the weekend. Again, Packers favored by five. Who you got, Ike Taylor, in this
2: one? It, it don't matter if Lamar is playing or not. Packer's going to win this ball game. I think the Packer's coming out of the NFC just period. They got a total package. Um, Aaron Rodgers is having fun. He understands he don't have to throw the ball all day if he don't want to. He can hand the ball off to Lightning and Thunder. And that's Dylan and Jones sitting in the backfield. He can throw it to Devontae if he wants to. He can throw it to his other receivers. He got, matter of fact, Matter of fact, Finley is starting to wake up at the tight end position, old school. So, in their defense, they finally getting healthy. They finally getting their starters and their guys back. So, right now, man, in my personal opinion, you know, the Packers, your boy just sitting in the matrix. You know, Aaron Rodgers is just sitting in the matrix. So, I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers, regardless on Lamar Jackson being in or out. I think the Packers will win that regardless.
1: Okay, Ike, if Lamar Jackson plays, I'm going to take the Ravens to at least cover. Again, that five-point spread. I know the Packers, if you watch the Sunday night football game against the Bears, one by two scores. That game was closer than it, it really appeared to be. Again, it's really dependent upon if Lamar plays or not. And if that does, this line will change. Give me the Ravens to at least cover. Not sure they'll win outright, but at home in Baltimore. I'll take the Ravens Sunday night football saints and bucks. And Ike, I said this at the start of the week and I'm going to say it again. If you want to make some money this holiday season, go on and make a bet for Tom Brady to win NFL MVP. He's the favorite right now at minus 200. Those odds are only going to increase in Brady's favor because you look at these last four games, saints, Panthers, jets, Panthers. This is really the last game. On the Buccaneers' schedule, where I think that they could slip up, I'm going to take the Bucs at home, favored by 10 and a half against the Saints. Not sure that they'll cover, but what I would say is this if you're looking to make a parlay, throw the Bucks in a money line parlay at home against their division team, uh, division rival in the Saints. But also, Tom Brady and the MVP odds, hop on now before those odds go even further in Brady's favor. And if they continue to win, I think it might even be taken off the board outright because I look at the final four games that the Buccaneers have. I- I'm not going to say it's going to be a walk in the park, but the Buccaneers should win at least three out of the four of those, if not all four.
2: Yeah, I'm going with the Bucks. Um Hill, for me, ain't going to cut it. You know, I, I feel like... The, uh, not that right there. The, no, that right there. The FedEx... We have got a sign that he keep calling. Yeah,
1: I extend uh, the delivery mid show.
2: <laughs> nah, so you know my nephew bought a sign today for, for the full scholarship to Florida State. So he just got the, uh, the 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 full the full package to sign for the full ride at Florida State. So that's what I just uh, showed him. Yeah. So I guess we bought a sign in a few, but yeah, man. Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the bucks, um, Taysom. Taysen ain't going to cut it for me. If he would have said James Winston, it would have gave him the shot to beat the Bucks because I saw what he did the first game to the Packers. But um, James Winston's not playing right now. He's hurt. He's been hurt for a while now. I don't think Taysen can get the job done. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Tom Brady. Tom Brady to win the you know MVP of the league right now and Tom Brady to win this ballgame against the Saints this weekend.
1: I congrats to Bishop. And if he can hear me, Florida State's going to get heck of a player. Yeah. So – Congrats to Bishop as well. I know how much that means to you and with his development too. And I'm going to give you some praise as well because I know you helped him during his recruiting journey. I had a lot of fun watching that. You'd go from campus to campus posting on your Instagram page too, but no, a lot of hard, hard work goes into that. And Florida State's going to get heck of a ball player.
2: And I appreciate it. Uh, flew sis got his mama down here. So she was in New Orleans. She was like, Can you send me a copy? I was like, Hell, I'm putting your ass on the flight so that you can actually see this in person. Like, you deserve this more than anybody. So that's exactly uh, what we're doing. So uh, Coach O'Dell, he keep – Coach Joe keep uh, hiding at me on the phone. He keep blowing my phone up. But I'm on this podcast. I can get it coming. <laughs> All
1: right. Let's finish up so you can handle your business, Ike. Score prediction, Titans and Steelers. I've got the Titans beating the Steelers 34-27. to You like the Steelers to win four straight in a row. I just don't see it. I've made that abundantly clear. One thing, too, I'm curious to see, does Bud Dupree suit up? I know he's been hurt, but the Bud Dupree revenge game, I will say this, Kevin Colbert in the Steelers' front office made the right decision in not signing him to that five-year, $82.5 million deal that he got from the Titans. Not going to fault a player for getting his money, but his level of production hasn't been what it had been in the 2019 and the 2020 season in Pittsburgh. Despite all of this, maybe Bud Dupree revenge game, I'm going to take the Titans against Pittsburgh. What say you, Ike Taylor? I got
2: Pittsburgh 17-21. I'm, I'm going to hit it right. Oh, that just came to me. 17-21, baby. <laughs> Pittsburgh still <is. laughs>
1: Go with Psychic Ike Taylor. If I could give our listeners or viewers any advice, go with Ike, go with Ike. Um, IT, you're the absolute best. Want to give you a shout out. Shout out to the Believe Podcast Network, the folks over at Brinks TV led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, and their team over there. Today's sponsors, betonline.ag and Lightbox. Thank you. And thank you to the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Thank you for watching and tuning in to us each week
2: shout out to betonline.com AG if you need to make a bet 24-7 365 if you need some kind of jury and you don't want your jury dull, you want your jury sharp light and bright go to lightboxjury.com shout out to Brinks TV for all these five star subscriptions and, and making us look fancy and Courtney and her team for just doing the stats and making us look good I appreciate you Miss Courtney you and your team at Brinks TV shout out to my dog Mark Bergen for rocking with me since day one big shout out to Believe in Steelers podcast, man. I appreciate y'all for giving Mark and I this opportunity. Make sure viewers and people who listen to our show give us a five-star rating and review. Say something positive. Make sure y'all give us some questions too that we can answer on the show because we would love to do that. Thank
1: you. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will be on again next week on Monday. Until then, take care and so long, everybody.